Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Big at the Back podcast. And as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, I'm flying solo this week. It's me, Matt, to guide you through the weird and wacky and wonderful world of FPL. Tom is currently on a little Greek island hopping adventure with his wife, so fear not. He has sent me some voice notes that I will be putting in throughout this episode. You will still hear some of those pearls of wisdom that we've all come to expect from Tom. So that being said, um, let's dive straight in um, to Tom's little intro he wanted me to play for you all um, to get this episode really rolling. I have spent the last three days taking Julie around Athens and teaching her about the Athenian heroes. So Odysseus... Heracles, Achilles, and Simicus. This quartet is responsible for all of the positive history Greece have. They didn't deserve that Euro 2004 win, but the legend of these four makes up for it. You're welcome, worlds, and God bless Simicus. There you go, guys. So there's a nice little opening Greek intro from Tom. Um, so let's dive in to this week's football that was um, from an FPL standpoint. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about some of the games as well. And obviously, I'll have some of Tom's thoughts as well scattered throughout. So I will just start by going through how we're both looking for the week. Um, so for myself in particular, um, and if you're on YouTube, you'll see this coming up on your screen now. Um, if you're not, I will talk you through this if you're listening on the podcast version. So my week so far, um, I haven't got anyone left to play. Um, we're recording, I'm recording this on Thursday morning, so there is still the one game left tonight, um, but I have no interest in that. So I'm sat on 70 points, no hits for this week. So that will be my final score, which could have been worse, could have been better. Um, obviously, the big red flag on this is the Madison captaincy which did not go very well at all. Uh, I'm blaming Tom for this one. He was the one that talked me into it. All his fault, although admittedly before that, my other um, option was Xiongwin Son, so obviously that would have been absolutely rubbish as well. Um, Saka, Salah and Target, the big point scorers for me this week. Um, obviously, the golden rule of always captain Salah, proving itself to be correct as usual. Um, Saka with his 92nd or whatever minute penalty it was against Chelsea, really paying off. And Matt Target keeping a clean sheet against Crystal Palace in their second fixture of the week, also helping out. Um, the big at the back, paying off somewhat. Reese James, Blankin, um, obviously Rudiger, a lot of people will have had as well, didn't play at all last night against Arsenal um, and they shipped four goals. So even if he did, it would have made no difference. Very surprising result there, but I'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. Um, City clean sheet as well for Cancelo. Um, obviously, I think the big surprise from an attacking standpoint this week was the complete Spurs blank at home to Brighton. So I will also just bring up Tom's team as well, just to see how he's going on for this week. He is doing a little bit better than me points-wise, but he has used his bench boost. So here we go. Here is Tom's team. Shortly. There we go. 
So similarly to me with James Blank um, and the Madison captaincy, but I mean, I don't think obviously without starting one game and then returning nothing in the second game, that's going to be a painful one for everyone. If you look at Tom's bench boost, he's only actually got nine points from his bench boosted players. So he will see that as a disappointment, I'm sure. Um, as he, as you've often heard him say on the podcast, they're looking at like 20 points for any of your chips, whether it's triple caps and C bench boost or free hit. So just the nine points there from the players coming in off the bench. Um, obviously, similarly to me having that Newcastle defender, he's got Fabian Shah, whereas I had Matt Target. And the big one for him, and me, Val Vekhorst, finally scoring. Um, and he still has a fixture tonight. And, of course, he has Brogia there as well. So he has two players to play in that final fixture of this double game week. Now let's go into a little bit about the actual games themselves. And I'm going to start in that race for the top four, um, starting with the Spurs-Brighton game, which was, of course, the early kickoff on Saturday. And obviously, and probably the most surprising result of the weekend, the form Spurs have been in, the amount of chances they've been creating, the way they've been playing, um, to not have a single shot on target in this game was mind-blowing to me, to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't get to see much of this game. I was a cricket at the time, which was rather unfortunate. But... Um, Tom did get to see it and hear his thoughts on that game. So I'll start with the games. Uh, Tottenham nil, Brighton won. Um, yeah, I had three Spurs players um, on a bench boost as well. But this game was just really funny because it's just enjoyable seeing Spurs lose. Um, Brighton, actually, if you look at the way they played, they played entirely to counter Spurs. And I'm not sure many teams do that very well. But Brighton, with the low block actually played the perfect counter to the way Spurs attack, which I think particularly if you're not expecting to win the game versus Tottenham, you need to be doing. And it works really well for Brighton. They took their chances. Brighton were great. And I think we need to all talk about how good that goal was from Trossard. But yeah, really, really Spurs. You've got to laugh at this point, right? Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was a good goal from Trossard, nicely taken. A bit slack defensively, in my opinion, as well, from giving the ball away in that sort of area uh, late on in the game. Uh, Brighton are on a very good run at the moment, um, obviously beating Arsenal and Spurs back-to-back away from home, having never, never won a game in April in the Premier League before that. Um, and of course, it's both away games as well. We've been speaking about their home form and how it's been really letting them down this season, uh, but their away form is really carrying them through. Um, so... It's surprising, but I reckon there would have been some people that could have seen this coming. Um, Also in that race for the top four, which apparently no one wants to get this season, was Southampton beating Arsenal 1-0 at three o'clock on Saturday. Um, Not so much to talk about from an FPL standpoint in this game in particular. Uh, I feel as though this is obviously a lot of people free hitting or doubling up on Arsenal assets for this game week because of their double, this would have been the one that they were targeting uh, with the other game being away at Chelsea. But how wrong we all were because they went to Chelsea last night and scored four. Smith-Rowe and Saka both getting on the score sheet, who a lot of people have got. Um, The real disappointing thing from Arsenal's standpoint is their defence seems to have really capitulated in recent weeks. So a lot of people that have got Ramsdale and or Wyatt maybe doubling up on that Arsenal defence will be looking to move away from them now. 
they're just really, really sort of falling away from their defensive aspects. They did create a lot of chances in this game. They had an XG of 1.72, but they weren't finishing them. And to put that into perspective, last night against Arsenal, their XG was only 1.89 and they went to score four. So it's kind of, kind of funny to see them score so many against a quite a good defence in Chelsea, which are not so much in the recent weeks for Chelsea, but overall this season you're expecting Chelsea defensive assets to be pulling you through in a lot of occasions. They've been conceding big chances. So, I mean... Let's hear Tom's thoughts quickly on that Southampton Arsenal game. Southampton nil, or Southampton one, sorry, Arsenal nil. Um, Arsenal just in free fall, just like my soberity. Like Tom's soberity. Soberity. Wow, Tom. Uh, yeah, if you can't tell, Tom was sending me these voice notes yesterday afternoon, slash evening, um, after a fair few glasses of wine, I think. Um, so I'll. There will be some interesting verbiage in them, to say the least. Uh, the last thing to talk about in this top four race are Man United. Obviously, a double this week. The sublime and the ridiculous, I think, really. Obviously, Norwich on Saturday, 3-2 win. Ronaldo hat-trick. Um, and obviously, it's worth mentioning at this point, obviously, the tragic loss of Ronaldo's son in childbirth. Um, and a horrific thing. Um, I thought it was with him and his family. So just want to get that out of the way early doors. A lot of people on free hits were bringing in United assets, doubling or tripling up potentially. Um, Ronaldo was probably a big one with Bruno. Bruno doing nothing this week. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, that is. We'll talk about another Bruno soon. Um, Bruno Fernandes doing nothing this week. Ronaldo obviously bagging his hat trick in the first game against Norwich. And. The most surprising thing in this game was that Norwich managed to score two. I know Man United are a very bad side at the moment, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But to come to Old Trafford and score two goals as a weak team like Norwich are and are going down, and to have actually a higher XG than Man United in this game, they had an XG of 1.55 to Man U's 1.46. Pookie and Dow getting a goal and an assist each. Um, so Dow actually picking up one of the bonus points as well. But obviously, Ronaldo's the main talking point uh, in this game with his hat trick. So let's move on to their second game of the week, um, which was the Liverpool game. And I think this is a good time to throw over to obviously resident Liverpool fan, Tom. Man United, you've just got to talk about both their games at once. So 3 2 versus Norwich. They looked very susceptible and. I mean, Ronaldo being a hero saved them. Unfortunately versus, well, very fortunately versus Liverpool, they didn't have Ronaldo. And, oh my God, it was a massacre. Um, Thiago Alicantra, anyone saying he's not world-class doesn't understand football. Anyone saying Trent can't defend doesn't understand football. They're the same kind of people that think Maguire should be in the England squad. And look what happens in this game. Justify! Obviously, Tom's very impartial thoughts there um, about the Liverpool side. Um, you'd also notice Tom is probably the more active as, of us on our Twitter account because you'll see a lot of pro-Liverpool content on there, so I can only apologise for that. Um, yeah, so that was obviously the top four race this week for the most part. Um, let's talk on, uh, move on to the title race now. Uh, obviously, we just spoke about Liverpool's 4-0 win over Man United, which was an absolute obliteration. They were just 
it was a canter at times. Manu didn't have a shot in the first half and they ended with an XG of 0.09, which was obviously very, very disappointing from them um, to come away from that game and to come away from the both Liverpool fixtures this year, having lost a, an aggregate of 9-0. Um, obviously, they're going to be extremely disappointed by that and they've got so much rebuilding to do next year. So Liverpool laid down that marker uh, on Saturday evening. Um, sorry, what am I talking about Saturday evening? On Tuesday evening um, for Man City to follow the following day, last night as we were recording this, and they did so quite comfortably. Uh, 3-0 win over Brighton. It took them a while to get that first goal, uh, but when they did, it just all started flowing. They were playing beautifully. Goals from Maris, Silva and Foden, probably the three most owned City attacking assets. I'm not going to put my life on that. I haven't looked that up. I could be completely wrong. But they go back top of the league. The three of the goal scorers as well, sweeping up the bonus points. Um, and obviously with their fixtures to come, still got a double. They've got a nice run in. Um, this could have been a potential banana skin, obviously with Brighton's really good away form. Um, but their, their overall record against City is pretty poor. So they did well to see them off. Um, just did as much as they needed to do. And they'll be turning their attention back to possibly their Champions League exploits which start in uh, next week uh, as they have their the first leg of their semi-final. Let's move down now, uh, much further down the league, to the relegation battle. So, first of all, Sunday afternoon, West Ham played Burnley, uh, who are obviously fighting for their life after having sacked Sean Dyche last week, which took us all by surprise. Um, this game was quite a weird one, um, as someone who watched it, obviously, as a West Ham fan. West Ham started the much stronger of the two, which kind of surprised me, bearing in mind coming off the back of that 3-0 win in Lyon on Thursday night. I was expecting a bit of a poor performance like we had against Brentford uh, the week prior. But we started off really well, and then there was that horrific injury to Ashley Westwood, uh, which looks like some serious ankle damage, which is obviously at the end of his season and potentially into next season as well. Um, hopefully he has a speedy recovery there. And then that injury sort of changed the game a bit. It was a long stoppage there. Someone collapsed in the crowd at the same time, um, which also had an extra stoppage. I think there were 10 minutes of stoppage time in the first half. But just after that Westwood injury and the, the stoppage for the person in the crowd, without Vagost, without Vagost, man, what, what can I do? Um, absolutely killing me. Someone that obviously has been the butt of many jokes in the FPL community over the last couple of months. Of course, he's going to come back and bite my team in the arse. Um, Tom, what did you make of this game? West Ham won, Burnley won. Uh, Vouts, Vekhorst forever. I'll be honest, as a Vekhorst owner, I was fully expecting just a couple of blanks from this double. I wasn't expecting anything more. I've accepted I'm going to get trolled by Vekhorst, and actually I'm quite enjoying it. So him returning in the first game is nothing short of miraculous. Unfortunately, West Ham's equaliser thinks means I think this means that Everton do stay up and Burnley do go down, because Burnley really should have won this game. Well... I'm not sure I agree that Burnley should have won this game. Um, actually, after their West Ham's equaliser, they were by far the better side. Nick Pope made some really good saves, one from Issa Diop uh, and one from Mikel Antonio was through one-on-one as well. Um, so I think, I mean, obviously Pope Easter Sunday, it writes itself. 
Um, but he was actually probably the main factor that got them that point. Um, as for their relegation rivals, let's talk a little bit about Everton. So they played Leicester last night um, and rescued a very, very late point after going 1-0 down through a Harvey Barnes goal, uh, which will obviously be free, free hitters. will be very pleased by that because a lot of people have brought Barnes in on free hits. Um, if they didn't get that late Richarlison equaliser, you could be talking about this game in a very different aspect because they were battering the the new car, uh, the Leicester goal. Sorry, um, they had an XG of one point nine to Leicester's not point nine four. Uh, Rondon with the assist. I mean, I'm I'd be shocked if there are ten people in FPL that have Salomon Rondon in their team. Uh, Tom will be very happy that Ian Acho got the assist for Leicester. But I think it just talks to more to an overall disappointing week for Leicester asset owners coming off the back of their Europa Conference League win over PSV, a lot of rotation at the weekend. Um, they've still got another really good-looking double, but again, that comes just after their Europa Conference League semi-final. So we'll see what sort of lineups they'll be going in with there. Um Let's talk about their opponents from their first game as well, which was Newcastle. And Tom actually made a point to me earlier in the week about a lot of people bringing in Bruno Guimaraes as a potential captain for this double game week. And all I can say now is what an inspired decision that would be if anyone did have the bottle to go through with that. Two goals in a 2-1 win over Leicester at the weekend, followed by an assist last night in their 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. Um, Tom, what did you make of that? Newcastle beating Leicester 2-1. Um, boring. James Madison and Harvey Barnes on the bench. Boring. Leicester clearly don't give a shit about the league anymore. Boring. Ian Nacho not playing in the Premier League. Boring. Shah only getting two points. Boring. Brendan Rodgers, Newcastle, do better. Boring. I hate you. Well, damning thoughts from Tom there. Um, seems a little bit harsh, but I mean, there you go. Um, one final game I will briefly mention, although from an FBO asset standpoint, it doesn't have much of an impact on anyone's teams anymore, I don't think, uh, which was Watford 1, Brentford 2. Um, Emmanuel Denny getting a goal. No one cares anymore. That ship has long sailed. Um, and Brentford... Coming back to win the game 2-1. Uh, goals from Janssen and Norgaard. Ericsson getting himself another assist. Uh, again, proving that he has been instrumental in their turnaround since he came in in January. Uh, this game was actually very close on XG. 1.79 for Watford to 1.83 for Brentford, which just shows they were fairly even. Um, but Brentford just doing more and taking their chances, which is about what you expect from those two sides. Uh, so let's look ahead to game week 34 a little bit. Um, a fairly standard game week, but you've got Manu and Chelsea both doubling. So Chelsea double up with a home fixture against West Ham on Sunday afternoon. And they go to Old Trafford on Thursday night, which could be a very interesting one. Um, a potentially very good double game week for Chelsea, especially in my opinion, their attacking assets. Um, Tom will hear a little bit about his transfer thoughts and what he's going to be doing around Chelsea players. 
But I think this is a good time to get a Chelsea attacking asset in, whether that be one of Mount Havertz, even potentially Timo Werner with the form that he's been in. West Ham have one fit senior centre-back at the moment, uh, which is Craig Dawson. Issa Diop is now out for the rest of the season. He joins Angelo Bonner and Kurt Zuma on the physio table. So that means potentially one of a few things potentially happening with West Ham's formation. They could go to a three at the back with a couple of essentially full bank full backs coming into those left and right centre half positions. Declan Rice could come into centre half, which he's obviously done a lot throughout his career, but that would mean West Ham lose a lot through their midfield, or the youngster could be coming into centre back, potentially uh, Elise, who is the under 23s captain, coming into centre back in such a big game against the big team. West Ham will probably be looking more ahead to next Thursday when they play Eintracht Frankfurt in the first leg of their Europa League semi-final. So I think this is a good time to be getting those Chelsea assets in. Obviously, they've got this double. They've got another double coming up soon as well. So I think this is the time to be going. I will be looking at potentially Mount. I want habits. I want habits. You know me. You know what I said about habits. I've had my say there. Um, I've been proven pretty wrong. But he he hasn't picked up many points in the last couple of weeks. So potentially Mount. And as I say, maybe even Timo Werner, who's finding some form finally after 18 months, two years. Um, I'll throw this over to Tom now quickly um, and get his thoughts on targets for this week coming up. Oh, and targets for the next game week. Obviously, be targeting Chelsea, defenders. Um, I don't trust either Havertz or Mounts. They'll probably both do very well, but I just don't trust them at all matt's already put his foot down on habits i'm putting my foot down on mount they only score off fpl points historically versus the really shit teams um so definitely look at chelsea defenders i would also be looking at five goals in his last six games having a pookie party because that seems to be all a rage and of course if you're not targeting vout Veghorst, then what is wrong with you there you go. They caused in everyone captain him. You know what to do. So that's Tom's thoughts for this week. My team currently at the moment is looking like I'm still uncertain on my transfers. As I say, potentially going to get an, another Chelsea asset in. I've currently got Rudiger and James for this double. It's a hard one to know exactly who to drop for one of them. Uh, my current start in 11. Um, is something like this. This is still up in the air. Saar in goal, dropping Ramsdale down to the bench. A back five of Trent, James, Cancelo, Target and Rudiger. Um, Obviously, Newcastle having that game against Norwich, hoping that they can keep it tight at the back. A midfield four of Kulisewski, Son, Salah and Madison with St. Maxima up top, who has done absolutely nothing recently. So he will be coming out of my team very soon, potentially even this week, depending on what I can do with my funds. Uh, That leaves on my bench, Ramsdale, Saka, Mateta and Brozier. Um, The temptation to start Mateta over St. Maximan is there. We'll see how I go around that one. Uh, Obviously, you've heard about what Tom's going to target. Let's see what his transfers might be as we go into game week 34. There are four games left to play this evening it's currently wednesday evening but there's four games left to play so providing there's no massive massive injuries or anything 
what I'm expecting to do with my team is looking to take out Ramsdale for uh, the cheapest goalkeeper I possibly can. And I'm going to have Schmeichel as my goalkeeper for the rest of the season. And that's going to free up the funds to, from minus four, move Shah to Alonso and go triple Chelsea, big at the back. Three Chelsea defenders for the run-in, and they've got a double as well. I was tempted by Alanga, but I, I just... As was the case before this game week, United just aren't investable, never have been investable, never will be investable. Part of that was a lie. They were at the beginning of last season, but yeah, no, I wouldn't go near United at the moment. So it's looking like, providing there's no big injuries, Ramsdale, who's been rubbish, out because Schmeichel's there as my first choice goalkeeper, then I'm going to be bringing in a really, really shit goalkeeper and also Alonso. So I'll have Reese James, Rudiger, Alonso set for the double. Big at the back! Well, there you go. Um, aged well, obviously that was said before they conceded four goals to Arsenal last night. Um, but having spoken to him this morning, that is still his plan for this week as well, which seems very, very bold in my opinion. Um a couple of the other big fixtures this week, Man City played Watford, so there's still that temptation to move on to City assets, but there's always that rotation risk. So watch this space. Liverpool play Everton in the late kickoff on Sunday, a Merseyside derby, which we all love anyway, and it feels as though that could be an absolute slaughter. So I think my captaincy will be sticking with Salah this week after his resurgence against United uh, earlier this week. Who better to play when you're on a good, when you've got that confidence back than an Everton side away from home who are leaking goals like crazy. Uh, better at home, but away from home, their form has been terrible all season. Um, so that's going to be it from me this week. It's going to be, as I said, it was going to be a fairly short and sweet episode, carrying it on my own. We'll be back next week with Tom when he's back in the country. Um, Tom, have you got any final thoughts? If you can tell... Julie and I have had two bottles of wine and four shots. It's currently 5.30 p.m. in Greece, and we're about to go out for more drinks and dinner. Viva la revolution! Well, thanks, Tom. That was very insightful. Um, yeah, as I say, we'll be back to your regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, thanks for everyone that has listened to me rambling on for about the last half an hour. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Big at the Back. We have just hit 200 followers, so thank you for everyone that is following us. Um, obviously, get involved in the conversation. Tell Tom that his opinions are terrible because they are. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Higgins92. Tom is at Tom Madden92. Um, thanks again for everyone for listening. Good luck for game week 34. Um, I hope it goes well for you all, and we will see you again next week. Mm-hmm.